Welcome to Quilt and Tell, where quilters who love all aspects of the craft, from traditional and contemporary to art and modern, share their passion and perspectives on all things quilty. I'm Tracy Mooney. I'm Lori Baker. And I'm Ginger Sheehy-Taddick. It is a new week, and boy, do we have an exciting show that I think will resonate with a lot of quilters. First up, we share a question from a listener. Then. In our open studio segment, we have two guests. Alex Anderson is back, and she brings her good friend, Joanne Sharp. Joanne is an artist, a quilter, and an author. Alex and Joanne are here to inspire us to let our inner second grader out to play. How are you, ladies? Good. Doing good today. How about you, Tracy? I'm doing pretty good today. Thanks for asking. So this week, we actually got a few letters from listeners. Would you like to hear what what they're thinking and hearing? And uh, you know what I love? I really love that when you get a letter from one of our podcast listeners, you can tell that they have listened to multiple episodes. So let me read this first one and you'll see what I mean. Just a shout out to the ladies, Tracy, Lori, and Ginger who do the Quilt and Tell weekly broadcast. I'd been listening regularly, and for some reason, the episode stopped downloading to my phone. I was sad. Thought you'd gone on hiatus. Yesterday, I was looking for something good to listen to while running and discovered five podcasts. Yay! Christmas morning! (laughs) Really enjoy the mix of experience levels you share on the podcast and so enjoy every episode. I made 1,503 masks with my teenager pinning and trimming during quarantine. My sister and sister-in-law work at Seattle hospitals and had access to bolts of surgical scrub material and twill tape. Now back to quilting in my spare time. She's working on a Sue Spargo block of the month, all handwork, love the level of detail layering, and a farm girl Lori Holt block of the month using poppy cotton fabrics from a semi-local quilt shop, Gathering Fabrics is the name of the shop. I enjoy quilting much more after making masks, boring and repetitive and stressful. That is more urgent than my normal sewing. By the way, Sew Expo is in Puyallup, Washington. (laughs) which I thought was really funny. She said, Puyallup, I went to middle school there, home of the Western Washington Fair. Keep up the good work. I'd never gone to the website before using my PC with the bigger screen. So now I want to go back to all of the past episodes to see the photos posted. Why had I not done this before? My only COVID-19 coping tip is family tea time. I sort of like to bake. It was more fun before cooking for my family for 30 plus years. So morale around here, and she put fidgety husband working, conference calling from home, and a 16-year-old doing online homework, an AP test, um, is much improved if we take a break around 3.30 for hot tea. It must be British and strong and caffeinated. And something sweet. I've been freezing some of the baked goods for later weeks, so we don't have to eat the same exact thing all week. We all get off our screens for a few minutes, talk to real people, 
recharge, and then everyone goes back to work for a few hours until dinner. Bagged cookies and milk or something just like that would work just fine, I bet. It's mainly just the treat to look forward to. Hope this finds you well, and thanks for what you do each week. It is enjoyed and appreciated. Joanne. Isn't that a sweet note? Oh, I loved it. I love two things about it. First of all, did she really say 1503? I know. That's what she said. That's what she said. Isn't that incredible? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And the second thing I liked was her tea time. Um, That's a thing we've done in our family. Well, it started years ago when my daughter and her husband moved clear across the United States. And we just had an every afternoon at 2 o'clock. We sat down and had tea. Now, that was back in the olden days when you had to pay for long-distance calls. Mm -hmm. So we didn't even really talk to each other. but. But we had our tea at the same time. Oh, that's kind of nice. <laughs> I like that I too. Uh, yeah, your like variation on it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. All right. Well, I have another letter. Are you guys ready? Yeah. Sure. I think you're going to like this one because I think everyone's going to like this one. Um, this is from Diane Gildersleeve in Orford, New Hampshire. And she says, I'm listening to the latest Quilt and Tell podcast on the way to work. I wanted to make sure everyone knows that if they have the HGTV app on a device or HGTV.com, they can search Simply Quilts and watch all of the episodes from both seasons. No need for a VHS player. All of the episodes are right there. You probably do already need a TV service of some kind, but not sure about that. What do you think? Oh, wow. That's, that's <laughs> great. Oh, man, that's so brilliant. I don't even know that I would have thought to do that. But yeah, well, there exactly. are so many different ways to get your streaming and to get things. So it totally makes sense that it would be available. That's yeah. such great information. Right. So I haven't I haven't done the background work and double checked. So um, I have looked on HGTV.com previously, and I only found a couple of like like little segments on HGTV.com, but I bet you if you download the app, you'll have a bunch of choices. Mm. So I'm going to be downloading that today and watching some tonight for sure. Yes. (laughs) Nice. (laughs) So speaking of Simply Quilts, are you guys ready to listen in on the interview with Alex Anderson and Joanne Sharp? Absolutely. Can't wait. Let's go. Today, we actually have two guests for our open studio segment. Alex Anderson is back. We're so excited to have you again. And she brought her good friend, artist, quilter, and author, Joanne Sharp. We are going to talk today a little bit about the labels that we, we place upon ourselves or, and also the labels that, you know, we own. Um, welcome, Alex and Joanne, to the show. Hey, thank you, Tracy. Thanks for inviting me. As one oh, of your you are so welcome. So, Alex, you were actually just on a few episodes ago, and we—that was such a great episode. Um, Ginger, Lori, and I—I I think we're still talking about how much we learned talking to you. Oh, 
Thank you. I'll take it. (laughs) (laughs) No, it was a great show. So, you know, to our listeners, if you haven't listened to that one yet, go back and listen to it. Joanne, um, we met a few years ago um, and I would love it if you describe, you know, tell us all a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay, well, I will label myself as an artist. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I have a quote that I thought would be perfect for this discussion. And it's by Vincent Van Gogh. And it says, the ways to know life is to love many things. And I think that's my mantra in my creative life is that I love many things. I I was trained as an artist. I went to college for art education. I taught art for 20 years. I have four kids and then I decided to go off on my own and just sell art, make art, teach art. And then I've sewn my whole life. And then I saw there was an opportunity to make art with sewing. So I decided to call myself an art quilter because I was putting fabric together very artfully. And then I, I found all these wonderful people and who have helped me grown, just loving to do many things. I think that would be true. That would be very (laughs) true, wouldn't it? And it's funny because you and I met um, a few years ago and you actually came to a quilt shop that was in my area, my local quilt shop, which was Quilters Quest in Illinois. And Deb, the owner at the time, she's no longer the owner, but um, she was telling me about you for weeks, (laughs) weeks and weeks and weeks. (laughs) And so I had this, you know, very high expectation when I met you. And I think you exceeded all of it. Oh, that's nice. That's very nice. So how did the two of you meet? Okay, oh, Joanne, I, you tell the story. <laughs> I, I totally will sell, tell this story. So I live in Rochester, New York, one of the snowiest cities in the country. And I flew into Chicago to go to this event and was looking for my luggage for like an hour down at the luggage area. And then I saw Alex and I'm like, I think that's Alex Anderson. Oh my gosh, she's like a celebrity. And so I went up to her and I said, are you Alex Anderson? She said, yes. I said, I'm Joanne Sharp, blah, blah, blah. And... <clears throat> I had missed my ride to the hotel where we were going. So because I thought I'd get my luggage. Well, didn't get the luggage. So Alex like, I'm renting a car. Do you want to come with me? I said, sure. So we get in the car and it is a wicked snowstorm, slush, <laughs> ice, rain, just just like a, you know. Typical a, Chicago. Totally. totally <laughs> right? Like a blizzard. So who's driving the car? The woman from California who doesn't even own a pair of boots. We have to go buy her boots. And she's driving. Now, I was, I grew up, you know, learning how to drive in a blizzard. And so by the time we got to the hotel, my hands were numb because my knuckles were so white. Not, not, not from the cold. It was just hanging on for dear life as this California girl was driving in the snowstorm an hour away from our destination. That's how we met. And we, we've and, just and been... She, <clears throat> what? Go ahead, Joanne. And we've been instant fr- like the best friends ever since because that was a, a, a wonderful experience to share. and. You know, even as we reflect back on it, it's really a great story. 
It's funny. It's funny. And I, I know that Joanne has been positioned in my life for a real reason. And just off the record, we can be naughty. I'm just putting it out there. And then that's the end. Okay. <laughs> and we'll behave today. Right. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, uh, you know, I, I think I've heard about that, that particular event a lot because it was really, really snowy. It was fun. Yeah. Chicago, man. You in just, December, Chicago in December. Just was, Chicago yeah. in December. You never know what you're going to get. <laughs> and Joanne was just having a fit that I didn't own boots. Why would I own boots? So we went to, I don't even know where we bought matching boots or something. Because <laughs> I need 30 pairs of boots. Right. Totally get that. <laughs> so, Alex, when you and I were talking about this podcast, I was really intrigued because you brought up the fact that um, you about the, about calling yourself an artist, and and I think it's the same for me about calling myself a quilter. It it takes a while for you to, I don't know, accept that you are good enough to call yourself something. You know, I remember back in the day when John and I were first married, uh, he worked for Pete Marwick Mitchell, one of the big eight or big seven or whatever CPA firms. And one of the partners had a wife that was an artist, um, painting. I don't know if it was oils or whatever, but basically he said, well, you're not an artist until you sell your work. And that was such an, it was almost mm. like a slap in the face that he said it. And I always fancied myself as an artist, um, but like a C minus artist type deal. Cause I don't consider myself a serious artist, but truly we all are artists in the endeavor mm -hmm. that we pursue. My mom did not really do anything particularly, but she lived like an artist. She lived beautifully. And now Joanne quoted something, and I want to tell you this, okay? So mm -hmm. mine is, um, I had a book by Ellen Ann Eddy back in the day. Maybe some of you, I don't know what she's doing now, but she's a quilter, beautiful stuff. And I remember this like the back of my hand. I was at a volleyball tournament with my daughter. I believe Ellen was going to be a guest on Simply Quilt. So I was going through her book, and I, I read, I, I want to just read this little bit to you, okay? Because mm -hmm, it actually sure. made me cry. I started sobbing outside. It said, each of us has an artist inside. Most often she is full of energy, ideas, and experiments. She plays without fear of failure or need of success. Usually that person is around three to five years old. Now, the good news is that she's still there no matter how old you are. She's just done too many dishes and filled out too many forms to be enthusiastic about anything. So cut her some slack, buy her some new crayons or markers, give her a special class, a space of her own to work in, and time to play. Show off her work with pride. Let the dust rhinoceroses collect under the bed for a while. You'll be astonished with your artist when you let her loose. That made me cry when I read it, because I was lost in being a mom. It's actually all I can do right now not to cry. Me too. Because I completely get that. Mm -hmm. And I've mm -hmm. and I've had different levels of that through my whole life. What do you think about well, that, Joanne? Yeah. Well, when I, I I teach online classes and workshops, 
uh, with watercolor and lettering and very expressive kind of art. And I do find, as I taught for 20 years, I taught high school, I taught elementary school, college. I find the hardest people to teach are adult women or adults because they're so tight and so um, stressed out about making making a move with a paintbrush or a crayon or whatever we're using. And so I have uh, a little mantra that I always tell my classes, and that's to call on your second grade art girl. So remember when you were in second grade, you were, you know, silly and you, and you just loved color and toys and life and playing. And it, it, that was like the perfect, that was the perfect girl, the perfect art girl. And then when she was in first grade, she was still the same, but she didn't really have many skills, not, not as much as the second grade art girl. And then the third grade art girl, she started to uh, just criticize herself or it was just getting from, you know, comfortable with social uh, expectations and they were judgmental a little bit. And then the rest is history. But that second grade art girl, you know, in this little fluffy dress with knee socks and Mary Jane shoes, uh, you need to call on her because just like what Ellen said, she's the she's the epitome of who we are down way down deep as artists and as creatives, whether you're working with paint or fabric or whatever it is that you do as a artist with air quotes. And see, that's what Joanne has brought to my life is I've taken several of her online classes and they are absolutely excellent. And I can remember, gosh, Joanne, I've been doing it like two, three years now with you. Uh, at one point I go, I'm an artist. I mean, it was just, it was like a bubble moment. And why was I an artist when I'm doing her painting classes, which you guys are a total blast versus sitting at my sewing machine? Where, where in the universe did I make that division? I, I don't know. I, I, I absolutely do not know. Other than I know this too, sorry. Um, a lot of quilters who are art quilters have had a hard time getting their work into museums and things like that because they are quilters. And so the society is putting all these labels on you when the truth of the matter is you're an art girl. And Joanne gave me that gift. So I want to publicly thank you for that, Joanne. Aww, that's awesome. Got to be you an know, art girl. She's an art yeah, girl. Yeah. I have all of these thoughts going through my head because, you know, when I was younger, um, I went to a performing arts high school. I started out doing ballet and then I um, became an actor. And I remember how long it took me to call myself an actor. And we had a teacher in high school. His name was Joe Russo. And he was my very favorite teacher I ever had. And he, he was there who, who was like my Joanne, right? Say, mm -hmm. Telling me that, you know, telling all of us in our class that we needed to get to the point where we could call ourselves an artist, call ourselves an actor. And, and so it probably took about a year of taking classes with him before I started referring to myself as that. And then I think I didn't necessarily call myself an artist, air quotes, 
Um, because my brother was the artist in the family. He Mm. was the sculptor. He went to art school. He went to college for art and he's a painter and he's a sculptor and he works with wood and he was the artist. And I remember telling people that I couldn't draw, like, I don't know how to draw. So I didn't take art classes in school. I should have. I should have, because I regret that to this day. Um, just because I feel like it would help my quilting. Um, but the funny thing is when I was a young mom, And this really strikes a really strong chord with me, Joanne, about what you were saying. When my son went into third grade, his teacher sent home a note that they were, um, they were learning to write and they were, um, coloring in class. And she wrote a note on the coloring page that was sent home that Zach needed to practice coloring up and down and staying in the lines. And I literally went into the principal's office the next day and showed him the note. And I said, are you kidding me? I'm sorry. And I told her straight to her face, I am never going to tell my son to to color up and down and in the lines. Never. So you can just give up on that right now. (laughs) So why was I so defensive with my son? But I don't think I protect myself as much as Mm -hmm. that. Right. Do I give Mm. myself the space? No, I started to get choked up as you were reading that, because especially now I've done an awful lot of dishes over the past two months and I haven't (sighs) given myself a lot of time to to play. I've been making Mm -hmm. masks for the people I love. I I actually took a little time this weekend on Mother's Day and I sewed two quilt blocks because and I forced myself to do it. Because, and it wasn't play, it was me trying to finish this damn quilt. (laughs) (laughs) So how do we, how do we give ourselves more permission? So can I tell a story here? Sure. Um, We had a woman on the quilt show, uh, Katie Fowler. She's in your neck of the woods in the um, Colorado area. And she is an, she is an artist. she was on the show at the quiltshow.com. Go watch Katie Fowler's show. Mm-hmm. She, I don't want to tell you what happened. No, I'm going to tell you what happened. Okay. So her stuff was real artsy and, mm-hmm. um, she literally took a quilt off the wall of the studio and started slicing it up into a bunch of million pieces. Oh, I remember this episode. Remember that? Were you <laughs> yes. even there? Awesome. Were you there? Yes. No, I wasn't there, but I watched it online. Yeah. Yep. And everybody was, one. I thought the audience was going to throw up on themselves. Right. And Katie kept stressing, it is the process. It is the process. It is not the product. So Katie also does, um, psychological training for those who need it as myself, (laughs) like a mentor, a coach, you know, so I took psychological training is different from a mentor. (laughs) (laughs) Probably all rolled together. And it was the whole thing about being an artist. And she would, I want to be, I want to be an artist. I want to call myself an artist. And we went back and forth and she give me problems to solve before our next little meeting. Mm -hmm. And answer this question, answer that question, et cetera. And then finally at the end, three, maybe three or four sessions into it, I said, you know what? I don't care what I am. I just want to create. And she said, you just grab the golden key. Hmm. Nice. Yeah. 
Don't worry about the labels, people. Right, right. Well, and I feel like, I feel like I've been guilty of this myself where there was a period of time. um, My sister died. um, I had to break up with my business partner. um, I had to figure out what the heck I was going to do when I grew up. And it was all Mm -hmm. like over the course of about a year. And I honestly could not find it within myself to do anything creative. And we moved here. I took this job. It took a little while to, for everything to settle. And all of a sudden I felt this little spark like Mm -hmm. in my belly, you know, all of a sudden Mm -hmm. creative ideas started popping in my head. And during that period of time, that was like really kind of difficult. And I had to give myself a lot of space. Um, my husband said, are you, I'm going to have to take away your quilter card if (laughs) you don't make something soon. Whoa. And, and I really like, was taken aback and part of me, you know, a little part of me kind of laughed at it. But since then I've heard people saying that to themselves. Like I haven't made a quilt in a while. I've got three little kids. I just can't find the time. I guess I'm not a quilter. That's not a thing. No, I, I, don't, <laughs> I don't think that's a thing. I that, think that we're, well, especially this time in the world I mean, mm-hmm. like I said to my daughter yesterday, it's like, well, I have all these wonderful books to read. Now I'm, I, I can read. <laughs> and I said to her, why don't I sit down and read a book instead of turning on Netflix or sitting on the couch and watching the news or, you know, there's just so many things going on that's taking away that joy. And I, I guess you have to say and, and have just the intention you know, that does that bring me joy? Does that spark joy? We all know what that is. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. Um, that you have to find that, that same feeling when you're going to create. And that's what makes you a quilter, an artist, a baker, whatever, you, whatever it is that you do. When there's, I just think when there's joy in it, then you are truly, you truly, you know, earn the label and just deserve the label because when you're, bringing joy to whatever it is that you do. I like that, Joanne. Mm-hmm. Well, and I'm just wondering, do we need to have a label? I think so. I don't know. See, that's what I learned from Katie Fowler. I don't need a label. I just do what I do. Why do you think it's important, Joanne? I'm curious. Well, because the label being, well, what, are, what am I doing? I'm doing art. Or when I have my online students who end up being in a funk, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, they'll say, but I'm an artist. And it's like, yeah, you are. You're, if you're doing art, you're an artist. If you're baking cookies and cakes all day and night, you're a baker. So I, I think it helps to define uh, if you have the label and, and not a, not a, like your husband said, Tracy, with the card, I kind of like that quilter card. So I'm going to take away your, <laughs> going to take away your painting card or your creativity. <laughs> That's a great one, but, but it's true because we, we, you know, we do find joy in the expectation of who we are. And so when that's missing, you know, we think, oh my gosh, I, I failed. And it's like, no, you haven't. You're just, you're just in a funk, you know, everybody has it. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, just take that card out of your wallet and start painting or start sewing. So 
Well, I like that. And I want to say too that, like, after September 11th, I couldn't do anything for uh, six months. I oh, just yeah. couldn't. And oh, then, yeah. and then, um, Houston, you know, was right after, um, you know, the end of October, mm-hmm. and they had quilts that were inspired by the tragedy of 9-11 down the entire darn thing. Were you there, Tracy? I was not. It was, was not. It was all the way through the quilts, all the way through the vendors, two-sided exhibit. Wow. And I was just blown away because I was paralyzed. And I think with mm-hmm. this pandemic right now, people might find themselves in either category and like Joanne and you know, just give yourself cut some slack and just roll with it. That's the thing. I, that's what I would suggest with that. Mm-hmm. And But this whole label thing, I like what you said, Joanne. I like that a lot. Well, here's the uh, another quote that I've seen recently because on my Instagram, I'm doing the hundred day project, and I'm illustrating just little inspirational words and quotes every day. And trust me, it's hard. I, I'm surprised I've lasted thirty days. I always, <laughs> I, I always yeah, stop. I'm like, oh, I did twenty one days out of a hundred. Um, but one of the things, <laughs> one of the things that a quote that I found, and it says, "You don't have to be strong all the time." You know, so it's okay to sit back and say, I don't, I don't want to paint right now. I don't want to sew or I haven't sewn on my sewing machine in three weeks or, but you know what? It's okay to mm-hmm. not sew, not paint. You don't have to be strong all the time. That's true. And I think, you know, when I look back, even over the past you know, I don't know how long have I been quilting. I guess I've been quilting about 28 years. And was I quilting all that time? No, no. But when I wasn't quilting, when my kids were little, I was watching Simply Quilts on HGTV with Alex, or I was reading books, or I was reading magazines and looking at quilt designs or buying fabric. And planning what I was going to do with that fabric. And I think those activities still make me a quilter. And they bring you joy. Uh-huh. Who, doesn't, who doesn't get joy shopping for fabric or paint? <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> sure. I'm going to throw out a question with that. One time in my mini group, Diana McClun asked, okay, let's talk about buying fabric. Where do you buy the joy? Is the joy when you walk in the store and you see all the colors of fabric is the joy when you're pulling it together, you know, what you're going to buy is the joy when they're cutting it. And she asked, I said, well, I know one place the joy is not She said, where? And I said, the cash register. (laughs) (laughs) That's very true. Oh my gosh. Is the joy in your hoard? Do you like to just look at it and mm-hmm. see it piled up on a shelf? It's, right. To me, as an artist, you know, I'm like, that looks like a painting to me, seeing all those colors. And, and it's like, you don't, it, how you stash stuff. And it's like, just use the fabric, you know? But it just <laughs> brings me joy to just look at it on my, um, in, my, in my quilting room. <laughs> I, I feel like there are joy, joys in all of those things. Yes. You know, like I can, I can, as you were talking, asking those questions, I was imagining walking into the quilt shop and thinking about how happy I was and, you know, picking out the different fabrics and putting them on the cutting table and watching them cut it. And, you know, depending on the store, sometimes they fold it kind of a pretty way. And that always brings me joy. (laughs) Those are all like happy things. And then there are certain fabrics that I display that I, I honestly 
won't break into those little stacks, but they're they're in stacks by project, like what no, I art. imagine. Tracy, they Tracy, totally are. Art. Yes, they're art, <laughs> right? I love that, Tracy, because I, I here's another fun story. Um, my kids were uh, we had four kids in three and a half years. So we had we had wow. a three year old a three year old daughter, eleven month old son, oh my gosh, and twin newborns. Okay, three oh. boys, two oh boys, one boy, one girl. So our house was always a disaster. It was mm-hmm. like, oh heaven, if any of our family came over, you know, we had piles of toys and clothes and diapers, not dirty diapers, but just everything was just always just a wreck. Because it's like you try handling all those kids and making it normal. <laughs> so I loved because back then my, my twins are 31. So my kids are 31, 31, 32, and 35. And um, I used to cover, I used to love fabric because I was sewing at that time. And so I would take all this beautiful fabric and just cover up the piles in the dining room. <laughs> it was so pretty. It was so pretty. And then it wasn't until, uh, you know, a good 25 years later, I go over to my son's apartment and he's got fabric over everything. <laughs> That's how he learned how to decorate. <laughs> Just put fabric over stuff. <laughs> and my, oh my daughter gosh. does the same thing. And, and it's just like, well, you know, that, that works. And I always laugh because I know what's under those piles. <laughs> oh my gosh. I love that. Do you know that when I, I think it was my, my youngest was probably nine or 10. She had a best friend who had a family kind of like that, where they, they had like five, four kids under five. And, um, well, and I guess they were under nine because, you know, they're a little closer because the oldest was the same age as my youngest. And I remember she threw a party every year um, at the last day of school. And I went over the first time and uh, the floor was like not swept. <laughs> and, you know, things were somewhat tidy, but not remotely like to my level of perfectionism. Um, and I found it so incredibly freeing. And she, she said her mantra was if, if I had to wait until my house was clean to invite a few people over, no one would ever come. Mm-hmm. And sure. I think it's the same with your, your art and your quilting, right? Right. Okay. So I heard, I don't even know who I was talking to or whatever, but this fits right in there. There are people, might've even been you, Joanne. There are people that prepare to go make their art. Don't prepare, go make your art. Because you can prepare till the cows come mm-hmm. home, you know, right. yeah. and right. I, I, getting ready to make my art. And you no, can stress out because you don't have that second grade art girl telling you, oh, I just want to do whatever I want. And that's exactly. your creativity. Your creativity yeah. is just do it. Do it whenever you want, whenever you feel. And that's the second grade art girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And do you know that when I was, you know, had a young family you ever see that quote that goes around the internet every once in a while and it's a little clip from like the singer handbook that says, before you go, so put your makeup on, make sure there's no dishes, Yeah, you know, yeah. all that. I don't even know what to call it without, you know, being really rules. rude. Um, rules. rules. We'll call them rules. Um, <laughs> somehow that got a little bit in my head. Mm-hmm. And I thought that, you know, I couldn't have creative time as a young mother unless the dishes were done and the house was picked up. 
So my mom was kind of like, my mom was very, okay, her spices were in alphabetical order, okay? Mm -hmm. I mean, she lived very, very organized. And I remember one time she goes, she goes, well, you need to get your house in order before you go sew or whatever. I can't remember quite how she said it. And I said, you know what? That's just not important to me, but sewing is important to me. I'm going to do what's most important because you can get lost in the details like Ellen, like Ellen said in the quote that I wrote in Mm -hmm. the beginning, you know? Don't get yeah. lost in the details. Now we're not giving you permissions to live like slobs, but don't right. get, don't get lost in the details because right. it's real easy to to let the details hold you back, so you don't have to create. Because it's an excuse. It's like, oh, I can't do it now because I got a vacuum, or can't do it exactly. now because I gotta you know pick things up or do the dishes. Okay, that's our plan, and we're sticking to it, ladies. That's right. (laughs) You're absolutely correct. Everybody has our permission. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 amazing because I just think this. You know, I'm hoping that some of our listeners will feel a little bit freed up by this conversation. Mm -hmm. And just uh, just do it. You know, just. Just do it. And what, you know, that, that, uh, whatever brings you joy, that's like overused. And it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's truth. It's, it's, you know, find your, your own joy as your own truth. Find your, what makes you happy. And especially this time, do it. Like, I want to read a book. Okay. I'm going to turn off Netflix and pick up a book. And then go well, look the at my other fabric. Thing too, <laughs> the other thing I want to say too is that you've got a creative tool belt. And I say this in my classes and you can put as many tools in it or as little as you want. And I like the, I don't know if we talked about it last time, Tracy, with you, but I've talked to Joanne about it. Feel free to cross train because when you cross train, like I'm taking her watercolor classes, it is certainly leaking into my um, quilting. So Aww. give yourself permission to do different things to expand your creative wings. Exactly. Like Van Gogh saying, the ways to know life is to love many things. If you love yep. many things, all, all of those inspirations will spill into whatever other things that you have going on in your life. I love that quote. We're profound. <laughs> <laughs> We've just solved all the world's problems. Yes. <laughs> just, yes. Them, just wear a mask. Right. <laughs> Joanne, just come to my house and clean for me. <laughs> I don't think so. Or come to my house and look at all my, fur- uh, look at everything. All the mess is all covered up with pretty fabric. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I will say that one of the things that actually brought me joy making all of these masks was I broke into my stash. Yes. And I picked fabrics that I thought went with the person I was making it for. Mm. Yep. And I used up a ton of fabric and I made a whole bunch of new scraps. And that's inspiring. Awesome. (laughs) Well, ladies, I just, I can't even get over how I'm feeling a little more free after talking to you both about this. You know, I have a feeling that there are some listeners who are, who probably will see the title of this and say, I'm not an artist, so I'm not an art quilter. And I really just hope they'll all listen because there's a lesson in here for everyone, for whatever you do. And I just love it. 
Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for inviting us both to be on. We, I appreciate it. I'm pretty sure Joanne does. Oh my gosh, it was so much fun. I always love being around my friend, Alex, because we compliment I each other. I love my Joanne. You know, we really do. She put, keeps me in order and I make her create. I love it. Everybody, everybody needs a friend like that. Yep. Well, thank you so much for joining us. I am just, I want to go home and make some stuff now. There you go. Call on that second grade art girl that you are. Go get some knee socks. <laughs> I will. I will. Pull out, your, pull out your crayons and your paints. Exactly. And go for it. All right. I will. I promise. Thanks, Tracy. Thanks, Tracy. Thank you both. Wow, that was a wonderful interview with Alex and Joanne. I felt like there were times that that they were inside my brain. Mm-hmm. I feel the same way. Um, you know, I there were so many parts there when they were talking that just were giving me flashbacks over the course of my life and thinking about giving myself space for creativity. And I think everyone is, while we're all in quarantine and on lockdown, there are an awful lot of people who have a a lot of time to sew or quilt. And it is really easy to judge what you're doing versus what everyone else is doing. Yeah, that's right. Right? And I think some people, like, you know, some days I'm overwhelmed. and. I can't make space for myself to sit down and work on a quilt. Uh, and I, and it might just be a day where I've got to just walk, turn on a comedy on Netflix and, and that's it. I, I don't know if the same is for you guys. What do you think, Ginger? So for me, the whole concept of thinking creatively is is really novel to me, especially as it pertains to quilting, because I'm just finally getting my confidence up on the techniques. And so now that I know the techniques, I feel like I can really embrace being more creative and venturing off and kind of doing my own thing. Um, so yeah, so I think that totally spoke to me and the fact that they've been doing it forever and they still have to sit and take those moments to be creative. is It's kind of exciting that once I feel confident in those techniques... I am going to be able to do that. So I'm excited. Yeah, I, I, I like that. How do you how do you feel about, you know, you you probably have the youngest child out of all of us. Do you struggle mm. to to make time or I feel like you're pretty good about making time? Well, and luckily, I only have one, which is good. Mm-hmm. I don't know how people with more than one child do anything, honestly. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I think for me, you know, I've got a good understanding with both my husband and my kid. And they know I'm a lot happier when I had my moments to finish my sewing and do my sewing. I just have to be conscious of not doing it all the time because I would if I could. <laughs> so I think it's just finding that balance. Um, and I, I kind of wish like I feel like I'm kind of scaring my daughter away from it because I do ignore her when I'm doing it. And so I think, um, you know, I don't want her to have that, that feeling of like resentment towards, uh, towards it because I would love for her to embrace it someday. So it is, it's tough. It's finding that it yet again, it's all about balance. (laughs) Yeah. And I feel like, you know, she'll be curious enough. It might come out in a different way for her. I hope so. I hope so. Um, cause I know I, ca- I came around cause I very much, my mom would sew all the time and, uh, and not that I was resentful towards it. I just didn't have an interest. And so I'm hoping one day she'll get there, but, uh, yeah. Um, 
So it is. It's tough. Uh, yeah, she's 10 and she's going to be 11. So she still needs some attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. One of the things that really struck me in, during the talk was that, that that I didn't revisit, and I kind of wish I did, um, was what Alex said about the person who told her that you're not an artist until you sell your art. Mm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You know, and it, that kind of that kind of sticks in my craw a little bit. Yeah, I'm like, oh my goodness, you know. And I mean, that's not the case for quilters. I feel like I feel like I was a quilter before I finished a quilt. If that makes sense, and that does make sense. It's a process. So, you know, when you begin, that makes you that quilter, um, and. And if we apply that whole thing about you're not an artist until you sell it, does that mean I have to sell a quilt before I'm a quilter? And, you know, and I know plenty of people who make art quilts that don't sell them. Well, yeah, and they you make know? wonderful things. Yeah, so that kind of that kind of struck me as it's just that's really pretentious, I think. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, you know? and I feel like too it it reminds me of when we spoke with uh, Victoria Finley Wolf and you know, she'd had somebody in her art classes say that her working with the fabric wasn't art. And for her, she didn't understand like no, it is art, you know. So I think it, it does kind of reckon, you know, go back to that like is quilting an art, you know, and and I think all of us totally think it's an art, you know. So Absolutely. I think that that yeah <laughs> yeah and i and i really especially loved what joanne said about um about embracing that inner inner second grader um that mm. really really struck me as an interesting thing because i think about a lot especially lately i don't know if it's just that we're under quarantine or you know that i that it was, it's around birthday time, but I was thinking a lot about who I was when I, it, it, actually, now I remember there was a song on the radio and I turned to my husband and I said, I haven't heard, I, I remember when this song came out and I was about six years old and I had this like happy memory of like being outside and playing and making mud pies and, mm -hmm. um, being in the sunshine and, and I can I can think about that time of being so happy and not having bills to pay or to keep track of, you know, who's watching the kids. Mm -hmm. And those are things that I think you either are really good about taking time for yourself or you're not. And I'm, and maybe there are people who are in the middle, but I just feel like everyone I know is either one or the other. <laughs> Well, and I think, too, it's like when you think about that, that, you know, embracing that second grader, I remember not being afraid of anything, really. Like, it's so funny. Like, I would just go and try things and do things. And that hesitation wasn't there yet. It was when I got a little bit older and started really caring about what other people thought and those types of things that it did it. it you know, that's where those those fears come in. So I feel like embracing that second, you know, greater, it really, I love the idea of like, just, hey, yeah, I'm going to dive in and do it. So I think remembering that mindset is crucial. <laughs> yeah. Not being afraid. Mm -hmm. The last time that I took an art class, I was in, I believe, seventh grade. And um, <laughs> the teacher was ultra critical. And mm. yeah, that was the last time I took an art class. 
Um, yeah, it's funny because my daughter can't stand her art teacher. And I was like, why? And she was like, Cause she's just mean. She says I don't do good art and this and that. And I was like, oh, my goodness, I want to go yell at her now. <laughs> That's awful. It is. It was terrible. I couldn't believe when she told me that. So I yeah. definitely, I mentioned something. I mentioned something to her. I was like, hmm. And, uh, you know, she didn't really say anything. But I think, you know, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be an art teacher because, you know, I don't know that I would want to criticize other people's art because I think whatever anybody does, that's it. That's their art. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that's the that's what would make you a good art teacher, you know? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> you know? <laughs> I mean, doesn't that seem like that makes sense of that you're just encouraging people to explore their creativity? And and I mm-hmm. get, you know, teaching a certain technique, but why would you tell a child that they're bad at something? That sounds like a teacher I that know. needs to retire. Oh. Yeah, and she's young. That's the thing. So I was like, where, where's this coming from? <laughs> That's yeah. terrible. That's terrible. You know, and it also just sort of made me start to think about times where i feel like i've gotten hung up on on the fabric like i'm ruining the fabric and and that's mm. a bad thing um rather than that i was using the fabric to explore a technique and maybe it failed Do, you know what i'm trying to say yeah i could definitely i could definitely see that you know I feel like we get hung up on how much we spend on on the tools that we use or the fabric. And when really we should be thinking about, you know, that that 10 inch square of fabric that maybe you just threw in, in the trash was really only a fraction of that yard, you know, per yard price. And and there's always going to be more fabric. You know, it's not like they're stopping, you know, manufacturing a fabric for us. <laughs> you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Well, uh- and I think there's this place where we can always say, yeah, I ruined that 10-inch square, but look what I learned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then it's okay that I ruined a 10-inch square. Right. And I feel like, you know, you and I, Lori, have been talking a little bit about this where, you know, I, I have a tendency to compare myself to other people who have a lot more time to sew. I mean, I still have a, a daughter who lives with us, and and she's actually been quite ill lately and um and so that's been taking a lot of my my time my extra time um understandably so um and the things that I've been working on creatively have been experiments and for a little while there I was feeling like I was not being successful and suddenly I realized you're trying something new you're trying to do something different and maybe, maybe the skills weren't there yet. Maybe that technique isn't, you know, isn't there yet. Maybe you don't have the solution for that yet. And that's okay. It's giving yourself permission to play and maybe permission to fail. And that's okay. Right. That's how we learn. That's how we get better. And that's how you end up with some of the greatest art too. Yeah, that's true. And I think sometimes it's okay to to just step back and and not work on that tough thing. Mm-hmm. Work on something super easy just so you can be successful. Mm-hmm. That's a really good point. That's a really good point. Yeah. 
know? it's amazing how you just finish something and just being able to complete that one thing. And I feel like I feel like that when I have a really long term project, like the one I'm working on the bedroom quilt now. And I feel like I'm at that point where it's like I really need something to be done. So I like the idea of like, okay, maybe I'll take a break from that and then come back to it. I just I my fear is that I won't come back to it. <laughs> Well, and that happens sometimes. You know, it's funny because I look back on a lot of my UFOs sometimes and and I I I've tried to give myself permission to let go of some of the UFOs because either there was a problem, maybe there was a problem with the pattern, maybe there was a problem with my skill set. Maybe I didn't have the skills to finish that. And and that's okay to put it aside for a little while, but I feel like that's that's something that happens as you quilt longer and longer. When I first started quilting, I started a project and I finished it, and that was how I worked. And some people, that's how they work, but other people, I I think, like me, have a are just very creative, and and maybe they just want to try a bunch of things, and that's okay. Trying things is fun. And especially in this day and age, trying different things is really an outlet to a lot of a stressful situation that we're all living in, don't you think? I completely agree with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I thought you might. <laughs> I, feel like, I feel like we are all kind of of the same mindset. So I, 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 just, I just feel like I hope that this episode gives permission to everyone to feel what you're feeling, right? You know, exactly. if you're feeling, you know, if you if you feel like you just need a lot of time to quilt, that's great. And if you're feeling like you don't have the energy or the the will to sew, that's okay. There's yeah. a lot going on in the world these days and it's stressful. And sometimes that saps your creativity and sometimes Sometimes that's something that feeds and burns your, you know, it puts a fire inside of you to, to be creative. And all of those things are okay. We give, we give everybody permission. <laughs> yes. And if you're feeling like you don't want to make masks, that's okay. And if you feel like you need to make 1,500 masks, cool. more power to you, you know? Amen. <laughs> right? So... It it just is what it is. And I hope everyone was inspired by, you know, hearing from Alex and Joanne, um, two incredibly talented and creative people that I think have inspired, you know, thousands of people to sew. I know Alex has for sure. And Joanne, I feel like if you haven't seen her books or seen some of her, um, what she works on on her Instagram, you should go follow her. She is... Uh, just a powerhouse of creativity and um, encourages you to make it your own. So I, I encourage everyone to, you know, try something new, you know, whether it's, you know, finger painting or <laughs> maybe it's watercolors or maybe it's drawing with a pen or a pencil. Um, but try something different this week and see where it takes you. Yeah, and then tell us about it. <laughs> Send us a, <laughs> right. uh, drop us a message. Let us know, you know, what you've done to do that. <laughs> yes, indeed. And um, so we will we will put some links on our show notes page 
and um and and like the letter that we were talking that I read in the beginning about you know go go to the website and check it out and see go to um quiltingdaily.com and there's a podcast button that you can click on and it'll take you to all the episodes and it's got all of the photos and links to different people's websites and all of the th- patterns and things that we talk about in each episode are right there so go check it out and ladies I love talking to you every week and uh, I can't wait to talk to you again next week sounds good to me yep me either see you later bye bye now bye Thanks so much for listening to Quilt and Tell. Remember, you can find more information about our sponsors or what we talked about today in our show description. If you haven't already subscribed, find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And please tell your friends. Thanks for listening and happy quilting. The Quilt and Tell podcast is produced by me, Tracy Mooney, and our executive producer of podcasts is Jared Mayer.